Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. On today's show, I'm hosting sex and relationship coach Kim Anami to talk about vaginal superpowers and how people are capable of experiencing so much more pleasure than they ever thought possible. Also answering your email questions. Topics include the famed hashtag things I live with my vagina, the biggest misconceptions when it comes to sexuality, does sex affect athletic performance? Is there such a thing as outdated foreplay? All this and more. Thanks for listening. If you've been listening to my show for a while, there are two things you hear me talk about all the time, toys and lube. And you also know I always suggest using them together. But what you may not know is that System Joe now has a lube specifically designed for toy use. Joe's H2O jelly clings to the surface of toys longer, so you don't have to worry about reapplying as often. Somehow they've managed to give it that extra staying power without being overly sticky, because who wants that? And since it's water-based, the cleanup is super easy. It's made with toys in mind, but the jellies are also great for couples play. Joe jellies come in three thicknesses, light, original, and maximum, so you can find the one that works the best for you. It's safe to say Joe Jellies are my new go-to lube. Check them out today by clicking on the Joe banner on my site. Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes, they call them in a bygone day. Hey, Emily, you got a boyfriend? Because uh, my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. A girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean, like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God, I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. But you know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. Do you want to hang out with me in Vermont? Because I'll be there next weekend. I'm going to be at Wanderlust Festival in Stratton, Vermont. Um, I'm going to be hosting a few speakeasies there. I'm being more mindful during sex, masturbation, and how to communicate. It's going to be a great time. Come join me if you can. And the date is, I'm here with producer Jamie. What's the date? It's next weekend. It is the the 20th to the 22nd of June. Um, it's yeah. going to be a really good time. There's a bunch of other stuff going on there, but Emily's going to be the best one there. I obviously. will be the best speaker. No, but there's like yoga and it's fun and music and I'm going to be hanging out in Vermont. Also, check out everything you need to know at sexwithemily.com and follow us on social. It's at sexwithemily across the board, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all those places. My guest today is Kim Anami. She's a sex and relationship coach who can also lift up to 10 pounds with her vagina. Yes, 10 pounds. Well, why would you want to lift it? Well, after this interview, you might just be inspired or at least just to kind of look into your vagina literally and figuratively and find out what's going on down there. I promise you're going to realize what is possible as far as um, pleasure for sure during this interview. We talk about how women are so disconnected from our bodies and how working on our pelvic floor and unnumbing our vaginas can help us tap into our sexual energies. I hope you enjoy this Skype interview. Please mind the sound. It might not be the most perfect sound, but I know you're going to get a lot out of this interview. So enjoy. Well, okay. So I, God, there's so much to cover here with you. I'm really excited. Kim, can you sure. talk about first about your campaign to raise the awareness of vaginal superpowers? 
<laughs> well, <laughs> I believe I, we have superpowers. The, I believe it. So I love the way you break absolutely. it down. Yes. Well, over the years and working with women, they would come to me often with issues with their pelvic floor and they would be confiding, kind of like whispering to me, like, you know, my Kegels just don't work for me. And they would feel this sense of shame and embarrassment as though they were the only people this was happening to. And because I'd studied Taoist sexual practices over the last like 20, 25 years, I'd been using using a jade egg to increase pelvic floor strength. And so, and I, you know, I'd always felt like Kegels didn't really work for me either. And so the jade egg did, like as soon as I'd use the jade egg, I would feel a difference. My partner would feel the difference like that very day. I'd use to do the exercises and later that night they'd be like, what do you, what, what happened <laughs> with your vagina? <laughs> well, <laughs> so I began using teaching women how to use the jade egg. And so the original Kegel exercise that Dr. Kegel invented involved using a device inside the vagina. So instead of the Kegel that we're normally thought to be a Kegel, which is just squeezing the vaginal muscles, they actually need feedback and resistance. So something was used inside the, the vagina to actually make that exercise effective. And so when he did this work with women, he was able to eradicate urinary incontinence in 90% of his patients. And as soon as doctors carried on doing this exercise, a modified version of it, the effectiveness immediately fell 50% when they just told women to squeeze their muscles without using a device. So the jade egg more closely resembles the original Kegel exercise, which is using feedback and resistance, like we would do in any kind of weight training right. regimen. So I began using that with women they would immediately have much better results. Like women who had 20 years of urinary incontinence within a week would be able to in go running week. and not wow. pee their pants in a week. So I became very passionate about it. And then I just, you know, for me, a big part of my work is like A, educating people, but B, finding creative, playful ways to talk about sex. And I thought, <laughs> what, what if I did this like campaign that was kind of like a mix between the traveling gnome idea, you know, the gnome that gets carried around the world and <laughs> yes. like, photographed different places and um, this sort of Instagram concept yes. of, you know, documenting things. And so hashtag, I came up with hashtag things. Let me just, yeah. things, things I left with my vagina. I love it. Hashtag things I live with my vagina. It's amazing. And everyone needs to follow it right now. And I think you've inspired so many people. They're like, you're and you're so right just talking about kegels and this and do this like oh, whatever I'll get to it but if you're like no this is what can happen and this is what it looks like it's so beautiful these images of you holding the candelabra and holding like fruit what I mean all these pictures are amazing so that has been when did you start that campaign that was in early 2015 okay so um things are left with my vagina and also use powered by vagina yeah Okay, so using the jade egg and just just the power of getting women to understand the power of their... That's why I'm like leading with this, the vaginal superpowers and that even if they don't want to lift anything with for their vagina, just paying attention to to our... We're, we, we do rock around so disconnected and I love that you use this this intense approach that people can connect on any level. Like they might, might just hear jade egg and they might just want to do that. But the fact that you can hit them in all these different angles and just getting women to wake up and say, yeah, I am disconnected. I don't feel a lot down there. I don't have orgasms. And, you know, and just, I love the creative ways that you, that you go about that. 
Thank you. And that's the thing. Like, obviously, I take it to this further level of lifting chandeliers and lifting <laughs> coconuts with my vagina. But not everyone be. needs to do that. Like, simply having a more conscious practice with exercising the vagina. And this is the thing that I discuss a lot is that most women are numb in their vaginas for many different reasons. You know, one major reason is they just don't exercise it. And just like any other muscle in the body, it also needs exercise and strengthening. And also, any kind of sexual experiences, negative experiences around relationships, intimacy, sexuality, this stuff gets stored in the tissue of the vagina. I'm very much about the body, body mind connection and that things that are yes. troubling us or traumas that haven't been resolved, they get stored in the body, in the nervous system. So by using the jade egg, like there's obviously the very powerful physical benefit of strengthening this area, but the energetic, emotional, spiritual component is that the woman then gets connected to, feels into, gets to know inhabits, owns, resensitizes her vagina. So then it becomes the power source that it was really meant to be as this kind of compass for her life, this pleasure beacon in her sex life where she can feel so much more, she can have pleasure there. You know, a lot of women feel like they don't have a libido because they can't feel much during sex. Right. And it's not that they don't have a high libido. It's like if you can't feel much, why would you want to have sex? Exactly. You know, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, I want to go back to something that you said here because there's there's so much, but when you talk about storing trauma inside of, in your body, in the tissues of your body, and I, I think it's so true, and I want you to get into that in a minute, because I'm always saying on my show, if someone calls in, or they have a problem, you know, they, they have a sexual trauma, and I always say untreated trauma, you know, will just continue th to persist, you know, whatever you resist persists, you have to get into it, you have to heal it, you have to get therapy, but this is a different angle to kind of talk, can you talk about that, how doing these practices can actually release trauma, and why that's so important to release it, and what that feels like? Yeah before yeah, and after, absolutely. the vagina I before agree. and after, life before and after. Yeah. And so this idea that what you resist persists, I completely agree. And a lot of people, you know, if you look at the stats, like so many people go through the stats on sexual assault or sexual abuse, like so many people to varying degrees. And I would say almost everyone would have absorbed some kind of sexual trauma, whether that's direct sexual inappropriate experiences or just living in a culture where sex is taboo and yet sex is everywhere, but we're not allowed to have it. Like there's all these contradictions that create internal blockages in people. And these manifest in the genitals, both in men and in women. So in women that ends up as being a numb vagina or a vagina that gets in infections all the time or a vagina that doesn't lubricate properly or women think they don't have a, like a high libido when really if you dig deeper, which is what my work is all about, is to find, okay, so what are the precursors to these situations? And so, you know, I work with people to uncover these potential blockages. So anything from sexual abuse and trauma and unhealed relationship situation or, you know, a particular incident would cause the woman to literally just freeze up in her body. So these, those things stay and until we consciously clear them. So the beautiful thing about the JDA practice, and though I do recommend different forms of therapy as adjunct right. approaches, the JDA is a do-it-yourself. And so by connecting, you know, if you believe in crystal healing, there's that component of the crystal of the egg. But just as an energetic and physical device, you know, going into the vagina, waking up different sections of the vagina, like most women don't know that they can engage the left side of their vagina or the right side of their vagina, or that they could take the egg and 
give it a somersault in their vagina. My assertion is that the norm for all vaginas is to be able to shoot ping pong balls. <laughs> that is normal. And yet what's become normalized is 60% of women having urinary incontinence, 50% of women having pelvic organ prolapse after childbirth. That becomes normalized. Right. Yeah, the norm is a vagina that can shoot ping pong balls, open beer bottles, <laughs> throw a dart across the room. Can That's you open what a, a normal beer vagina? Can you open a beer bottle? No, because I don't drink beer, so I've never really tried it. <laughs> but but for a friend, theory. a Perrier bottle? No, but the, you can. You can do it all with your vagina, which I think is amazing. And it'd be so intimidating to so many men. I feel like if um, all women followed your hashtag, took one of your courses, and we walked around carrying stuff from our vaginas, our laptops on the way to work, I don't know what we could carry, that we would just truly take over the world in ways that are just unthinkable. So I love that you I, draw this. I agree. And when they finally inhabit it and own it, they they tune into a whole other dimension of themselves. To me, they self-actualize. A woman cannot be fully self-actualized until she owns and inhabits her sexual power. Right. And so where would be a good place for a woman to start? Like I know you have great like, uh, vaginal kung fu is one of your courses, right? Get yeah. Work. Like, where yeah. Because I've had the people set me jade eggs and I do my kegels and I do things like that. And I understand all this stuff, but I haven't really gone into a deep practice with it. But I think a lot of my listeners and myself included would be curious about where would you start if you can't do it all? They're like, I don't want to lift anything with my vagina. That's okay too. It's more about <laughs> getting, we're cool with that. The awareness around it. Getting an egg, you think, or getting... Well, yes, getting an egg, but getting proper instruction with the egg. Like well, ever that's since the thing. This I was going to say the instructions are very important. Like, yeah. Instructions are important. Absolutely. Like now, you know, you can pretty much buy a jig at 7-Eleven. Like they're everywhere now. Like they become so popularized. But, you know, we get emails every single day from women asking us like, okay, I don't know how to use my egg. It's just sitting in my bedside table. What do I do with it? So, yes, you can go and get an egg on Amazon for $40, but, you, you know, you're not going to have the full benefit of the practice or even know how to use the egg. So, in my work, so I teach a full eight-week course called Vaginal Kung Fu, which is not just physical. Like, in my work as a holistic you know, expert, I always look at the emotional, psychological, spiritual, and physical dimensions of sex. And so to me, I get the best results because I do look at all these different angles. So my work is always the synthesis of all these different approaches and healing. And so I do this eight-week program, Vaginal Kung Fu, and then I have a do-it-yourself, like a, a mini course that I run, like I get a jade egg kit, and I call it a salonette, like a mini do-it-yourself study course, where I have a, it's a shorter version of the eight week program. But in my view, you know, you know, people just aren't going to get, and look, as much as I want people to have this power for themselves, that's great. But I think that having good, solid instruction is going to help people maximize the power of the egg. Right. Okay. So what about the, you said, you know, being able to shoot ping pong, ping pong balls, every woman's God given right. I have this quote here and you just yeah. said it as well. Yeah. How would, how would I even start doing that? Like I couldn't do it without practice. Right. I saw it like once I was in Thailand, right? Like 25 years it's ago. It's not that hard. Emily, they're really I could even late. do it. Where am I, I shooting it to? Any, Is there a goal? Can I, am I shooting it with, like, could Jamie, my producer, could we shit? Like, where would I shoot it to? How would I know that Maybe I was? Target. <laughs> Just, you know, I you should saw. do it at Target. There's a, let's go shoot ping pong balls at Target. That's a great idea. Like, I love what you're doing. I think that we should shoot them. 
it's it's easier than you think. You know, it just seems like this crazy feat, but that's because people are so disconnected from that part of their body. You right. know, I have women clients who've never even put their fingers in their own vagina. Yes. Like a lot of women feel like that's like really gross and like it's this unknown territory. And I honestly think this is like this internalized depression that's been distributed globally in the culture as this, you know, shutting down of women's sexuality and women internalize that with ideas and beliefs like that. So all of this is to really, is to contradict that and to get women back where they need to be and owning that energy and that power. And just by, you know, like even Tatiana Kosnikova, who's the Guinness world record for vaginal weightlifting, she's lifted 14 kilos or 31 pounds with her vagina. And she says, even in five minutes a day for after a week, you'll notice an an incredible difference. And in your pleasure, your partner's pleasure. And that's really, you know, I would say more like 10 to 15 minutes, three to four times a week, Mm -hmm. but which is totally doable. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, and um. And then after, you know, not after too long, you'd be able to have additional skills like carrying your groceries and shooting things across the room. (laughs) (laughs) Carrying your groceries. It's an extra hand, kind of. Um, Can you talk about every woman, every orgasm, like your laws of orgasms? Right. So there's my view is that every single woman is capable of every single different type of orgasm. So G-spot orgasm, cervical orgasm, nipple orgasm, anal orgasm. And there seems to be this kind of idea in Western thought or even in kind of like larger sex therapy thought that, oh no, they're there. Don't feel bad if you can't have these orgasms. Not all women can. And I 100% disagree with that. My guarantee is that all women can. They just need to find and unlock the right keys to get to those places. And so because a lot of Western scientific model thought is based on a repeatable pattern, right? If you put your finger here and you do this, then we should be able to manufacture this result in 100% of the cases or else it doesn't exist. So it's not like, you know, sex and love are a little more intricate than that. And so a lot of the, the main function or the main key to deeper vaginal orgasms is a woman being able to open up and surrender. And that's not measurable in a lab. And so if a woman is holding back, she's not fully relaxed in herself. She's not fully at ease with her partner. She doesn't fully trust her partner. She's never going to get to those orgasmic places. And so it's just, I'd say it's just a a lack of knowledge or understanding about how these orgasms really work where people make these faulty statements. And so I, yeah, to me, that's an absolute irrefutable law. Every woman, every orgasm, they just need the right information. So I, okay. So I have a question for you because I believe sometimes I, you know, I do say like, I think it's possible for so many women and to say, I love that you guarantee it because I don't know if I, I don't know if I could come out and just say that because I also don't want to make women feel bad if they can't. And this is so much, a lot of work they have to do together. But I believe that so much more is possible and that we don't even tap into like, you know, they always say you use a a small percentage of your brain. I believe we only use like a little tiny bit of what we know what's possible for our sexual pleasure, enjoyment, and definitely understanding our vagina. So I love what you're saying here. And I think it's going to inspire so many people. And I want to know your answer to this question because it's one of the top questions I get asked. And for women who are so distracted during sex, right? They're they're in their heads and they just can't, they're anxious. Because you said a lot of the best sex is like letting go, right? And letting go emotionally, physically. How do you tell women to do that? Like if they can't take your course, but what is your quick like, I know it's not quick, but what what do you think we're missing here when, when we're all worried about our to-do lists and someone's going to come in the room or I hope I look sexy or what if I can't orgasm and as a result, I'm not going to orgasm because of my head. So how do you get women into their bodies during sex? 
even during masturbation. Well, first of all, just let me back up for one moment to say it's it's not about making women feel bad for not being able to get to these Oh, I don't think you are. I love that you're saying it because I can't. No, I know, but I know (laughs) people often say that, but I guess I just want to clarify to me, like when I hear people talk about that, it's kind of patronizing to women because, you know, it's about educating them and giving them the tools and helping them get there. No, I agree. We're on the same page. I just don't say guarantees are holding that back. <laughs> right. No, I agree. I just What's don't say guarantee. No, I'm with you. Like I believe that you're right. That most women, I don't just don't say guarantee because I might have people at my door right now. I'm just saying, but I think you're right that there are so many women just don't even they scratch the surface of what's possible for them. So I love that you open up that possibility. So it's not that I'm refuting yeah. anything. I'm just I'm with you, but yeah. I want to know. Yeah. Well, I think a couple main tools that I like to employ, like for people to stay really present in themselves and with their partners during sex would be one, eye contact. Like so many people do not maintain eye contact during sex. And that is this whole other dimension and this whole other erotic dimension. And it keeps people present. It keeps them seen. Like, you know, a lot of the times people can have sex and not really be vulnerable, not really show up. They just go through the motions. Right. And yes, then it's really easy for the mind. Mm -hmm take them out of the moment, out of their bodies and protect them. It's also a layer of self-protection. Like the kind of sex that I talk about, what I call gourmet sex is this intense, really vulnerable, surrendered, open, completely revealed you showing up into the space and matching that with the partner. And that's where the most, you know, rejuvenating, powerful, life-changing sex takes place. But that's intense. Like to really reveal yourself and let yourself be that raw and open is a risk. Absolutely. So many women, and I, I think that too, like eye contact and breath, but people are like, oh, I don't even look at anyone in the eye. How could I do that during sex? But I think that's a great first step because we're so in our, in our heads. But when you're looking at someone, you can't really, you got to be vulnerable. And you also might pick your partners yes. more carefully. Like, I don't want to look at yeah. this person yeah. in the eyes. Well, don't be complaining that you're having really bad sex right. if you don't want to look them in right. the eye. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, so tell me about your program, How to Be a Well-Fucked Woman. A well-effed woman. What does that mean and how do you... And I love that you have all these courses that people can find them also at kimanami.com is where everyone can find it. A-N-A-M-I. And we'll have all this link in the show notes. But tell me, you have so many interesting courses. So tell me about this one. How does that... How can you become one? Well, the idea of being a well-fucked woman is someone who really owns and inhabits their sexual power and energy. And so by that token, a woman can be well-fucked and not even have a sexual partner. She can be well-fucked by herself. And so that's what I really teach in my courses is how to tap into this sexual energy. It's like a tangible energy, sexual energy is life force energy. It's the energy that creates new life. And my view is that if we're not making babies with this energy, then we learn how to consciously tap into and harvest this sexual energy. So, you know, even throughout the years, the the millennia, there's been this kind of label in the DSM and the medical literature of women who were underfucked. You know, the underfucked woman, the hysteria Hysteria. concept all derives out of women not having enough sex. I would say it applies to men too, but men have been given, at least in the last few millennia, yet more permission to be sexual than women. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think their ailments are as, as pressing because women don't have that same permission. So an interesting story, like years ago, I was um, used to go to the gym in the building that I had my studio in. And there was a guy who would come in and work out around the same time as me. as an older European man. And I'd come into the gym and he'd go, oh, Kim, looks like it's been a while, hey? And I'm like, 
how do you know that? Or I'd come bouncing into the gym and he'd be like, oh, Kim, you're getting some, hey. And I'm like, how do you, you know? And he could just read the energy of me being glowing, revitalized in this really amazing place versus me coming in, you know, like kind right, of with like this a lot depressed of us, type right. of energy flatlined. And so now I can read that as well. But it, you know, begin to understand that it's this quality that women, when they're in touch with their sexual energy, they radiate, they have a certain kind of presence, charisma, magnetism, and same thing with men, people who are in tune with that energy. So how to be a well-fucked woman, my course is all about how to clear the blockages that are preventing women from tapping into that energy, and then how to literally harness that energy and use it as a creative power in their lives. What are some common blocks maybe that you would remove? Kind of like we talked about um, trauma well, or... Yeah, trauma for sure. And I'd say even beliefs, like going through your sexual beliefs. Like what have you internalized over in the culture? Like for example, in Western culture, I'd say a really big internalized belief would be the Madonna whore idea. Like women are either virgins or they're sluts. There's not really a happy medium for a woman to just be a voracious sexual creature. And even if you have been educated well and you intellectually know that I'm allowed to do what I want, usually we have some kind of imprinting that we've just absorbed through growing growing up in this culture, right? You can't grow up in this culture and escape that idea. So it's looking consciously and trying to figure out, okay, even if I don't want to believe this, do I still kind of believe it? Right. So going through your, your sexual beliefs about what you think relationships so ought good. to look like, or, you know, the idea that it's not possible to have a lifelong passionate sex, that one person can never fulfill all my needs. So I don't agree with that. But then I think that the way most people approach relationships does set them up for the, for Absolutely. a lifelong, for like not having passionate lifelong sex because right. they're not consciously working on their relationship to cultivate exactly that. do you find that a lot of women who come and they say like oh I don't have desire anymore I have low libido that I feel like it's just until you you know women learn to kind of get into what that's about that's not really a real thing I think that you can get it back I mean they've truly experienced that but we're doing so many things wrong we're over medicated watching too much porn we're just so misguided misdirected which is why I love the work that you're doing so what do you, what do you think is the biggest misunderstanding when it comes to sex drive and libido in women I, I agree. I think low libido is an effect rather than the cause. Right. You know, and I'll give you an example. Like I had a, a friend of mine actually, and she was in this relationship for about six or seven years, and she was like, and they had a lot of stuff going. Like they'd be breaking up like every few months, and like you know, big fights, and never really just going in circles, right? And she's like, oh, I don't have a libido. Like I haven't had a libido in the last few years. But at the beginning of the relationship, she had a great high libido, and like, it's which is like every person libido, listening nodding their head, going, yeah, that was me at the beginning, right? Well, it's like, it's not that your libido just magically disappears or that your relationship just hits a plateau naturally. It's that people get to certain impasses in the relationship and they do not work past them or they don't know how to work past them. So with that couple, you know, they had certain issues that kept coming up that they could never get past. And then they would just fight and kind of then make up, but sweep it under the carpet, like not really truly resolve or heal or process that issue so that it was gone. It would just come up again in another few months. And so over time, they just, you know, her libido just waned because she didn't want to fuck him. She didn't want to fuck him because she was upset with him. She hadn't fully, you know, gotten past right. the issues that were there. So it's not like her vagina just had a medical problem. It's 
like, no, heart and soul, vagina, she didn't want to have sex with him until she felt safe enough and open enough to do that. And a lot of people just kind of gloss over that. Like I said, they sweep things under the carpet right, we do. and then they just absorb and kind of adapt to less desire in the relationship. But the desire is born out of having a really powerful connection. Right. And you got to sustain that, sustain that connection, of course, throughout the relationship, keep talking and be comfortable. I think this work that you're doing is so, so eye-opening for women. I really do. Starting with like your campaign, um, Powered by Vagina or Things I Live With My Vagina, hashtag Things I Live With My Vagina. I'm curious, is there a common or maybe one of your favorite examples of a woman who came in like the before and after from a woman who's like never had an orgasm or was done with sex or something? I mean, I just, I would love to hear some of these or your favorite story. Well, there was a couple who came to one of my retreats a few years ago and they had like pretty good sex, like pretty good communication, but they had been together for about four years and they were feeling like there was just kind of a lull creeping in. She'd only ever had clitoral orgasms and her big goal on the retreat was to squirt and have a G-spot <laughs> orgasm. That was just her big, big thing. So, you know, in the first couple of days on the retreat, like we talk a lot about foundational stuff like communication, clearing the space, clearing blockages. And so I give people home play to go and do the first, the very first day and like a list of blockages to look at in themselves. And so they had this like, you know, big discussion. And then the next day we talked about female orgasms, right? So I talk about technical stuff. I talk about practices and the energetics of getting to those places. So they still had more you know, homework, homework to do from their block clearing discussion. So that night they stayed up till midnight doing all of this clearing, like stuff that they'd kind of left in the ethers and hadn't really addressed for years. So in the morning they decided to get up early to do their home play which was to experiment with a G-spot. And so they did that and she ended up like having, like she was laughing, she was crying, she was screaming, she was squirting all over him. <laughs> she did it all over again. So all of this, it was just an example for me that how when they cleared that space, so they talked about all of that residue and, mm -hmm. and detritus that had been lingering in the ethers. Then they were able to get to these sexual places together. So that was one of the most, you know, very dramatic and, God. you know, two-day examples. Right. Of they'd been trying to give her a G-spot orgasm for you. And it wasn't that I gave them any, you know, they're, all the techniques are out there, right? Right. Two fingers, use the G-spot. Like <laughs> if it was all the technique is out there, why can't everyone do it? Exactly. So it's not about technique. It's about what are the deeper issues and the deeper ability to really let go. And so when they cleared the stuff that they'd both been hanging on to, boom, there she goes and has her orgasm. God, so I amazing. love that story because it's just so that's clearly such a good story. I, I think it does clearly illustrate. I think that so many we just we are so limited in our belief of what female sexuality is and what it can be. And I love that through your work, you truly show what's possible for women. And you're you're a pioneer, really, in the space. So I think it's I want to come take I want to take your course. I want to lift stuff with my vagina. <laughs> I think that'd be a really fun way to go to work every day. Is there anything? Last word? Anything? About about um, something that you wish that women would know or even men would understand about women, like your final thing that you think is the most misunderstood parting advice? I'd say that all women are insatiable, are sexually insatiable. And so there's this myth out there that men are more sexual than women. Men have a higher sex drive than women. And I fully disagree with that. It's only that we're living in an era, and we have been for thousands of years, where women are more suppressed sexually. And so they need, they have a little bit more work to do, and their partners can help support them with this. And that's why I say the 
these things like all women are insatiable. All women are capable of all these different orgasms as a guarantee that if they do the deeper internal emotional block clearing work, they can get there. But that this takes a commitment to your sex life and your relationship, just like you commit to other parts of your life. And yet many people don't have that commitment. Like they get into a relationship and things are going well. And so they just focus on other things, their work, they have kids and they start to less prioritize the relationship. But when they keep it a high priority, they commit to it as a living, breathing entity that needs constant love and attention and focus. They can, you can reach all of these high sexual places that I talk about, whether it's, you know, 10 cervical orgasms in a row or ejaculate that hits the ceiling or men who can have of, you know, make love all night or carrying your groceries to work with your vagina. Like <laughs> all of these things are, are possible with commitment to doing the deeper internal work of block clearing and finding that that real sexual being that lurks within everybody. Yeah, I think you're so right. So well said. And you also have a course for couples coming together. Correct. Coming together and take together, and okay. then sexual mastery for men, which is my men's course. Good. Well. I'm so glad you're out there doing this great work, Kim. It was so great to talk to you. Any in-person courses that you're teaching, or we're just we're talking. People can check everything out on your website, kimanami.com, A-N-A-M-I, and your yes, YouTube channel and Facebook. Virtual. All of these, I call them salons, the virtual courses, and everything is online these days. Okay, great, Kim. Thank you so much. I love talking to you. Um, hope to see you. maybe you can come by the studio one day when you're in LA. That would be great. But I'm so excited for everyone to kind of get a peek into your world and what you're doing to help women and men. Thanks so lives. much for having me, yeah. Emily. And Thank you. Yes. Okay, have a great day. You too. Bye. You can find Kim and Ami on our website, kimanami.com. That's K-I-M-A-N-A-M-I and her YouTube channel, Kimanami, and her Instagram also at Kimanami. And please go follow her hashtag, things I live with my vagina. Seriously, you'll never regret following that hashtag. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into your emails, answer your questions right after this. I went over to my best girlfriend's house to cheer her up after a recent breakup. Of course, I bought her a care package that I thought would do the trick. And not to brag, but I nailed it. I hadn't seen her that excited since prom. See, I'm pretty gifted at gifting pleasure, but the combination of the magic wand rechargeable and a pint of ice cream had her this close to forgetting about her heartache. She had no idea that the magic wand was now unleashed from its cord. She couldn't believe it had four intensity levels, four new vibration patterns, the same mind-blowing power as the original, and can easily be used in any room of the house. And hey, she can even throw it in her bag on her next date, when she's ready, of course. And get this, I haven't heard from her since, so I think the two of them will be very happy together. But let's be honest, who wouldn't? The Magic Wand Rechargeable is the sure thing. To get yours, just go to magicwandemily.com or click the banner on my website today. Okay, guys, we're back. And now we're going to get into your emails. I love answering your questions. Oh, did you want to read this part, Jamie? (laughs) We're trying to mix things up around here. Yeah, Jamie, you can answer. You can read this part. I got to save my, my brain power here for our brain power to answer these questions. Of course. Anyway. Jamie, you have a beautiful voice. I think you should read this part. <laughs> okay. Um, Emily loves answering your questions, and I, uh, I love reading them, by yes. the way. And you um, can answer them. Too. You're smart. I, I, I put in my two cents every once in a while, you know? I like doing that. Anyways, yeah. so if you'd like to have a question answered on the show, you can text Ask Emily, all one word, to 797979, and fill out the short form. 
or you can go to the website, sexwithemily.com, click on the Ask Emily tab and do the same thing. Fill out the form. Also, please include your name, your age, where you live, and how you listen because those things are important for us. Although you can use a fake name because you know what? We'll never know. Yeah, use a fake name. Like if you're sitting there going, oh God, I don't know. I couldn't ask a question. I don't want to know. You can, we don't even care if you have changed where you live. We wouldn't know. We're not going to track you down. We just want to help you. She's lying. We will track you down. We might no, track you down. We're not going to do that. Nah, nah. We just want to help you because you guys realize that when you ask that question, it helps so many other people as well. It does because we get a lot of the same questions coming in. All right. So let's get into these emails Okay, Jane. You want to read the email too? Because yeah. I just love listening to your angelic voice. Oh, yay. I do want to read them. Read it, baby. Cool. So this is from Johnny. He's 33 in Dublin, Ireland. He says, hi, Emily. I'm in a long distance relationship with my girlfriend who I recently got engaged to. I'm in Dublin and she's in Vancouver. I haven't seen her in six months. And there is an end game though. We'll be back living together in September and we text every day and Skype each other at least once a week. The problem is I've slipped and kissed a girl in a bar and this has happened four times Mm. in the last six months. That's not like a slip. That's like a plunge. Yeah. That's like a crash. (laughs) That's happening. It's in, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so he always picks up the next morning riddled with guilt and a hangover. Uh, also, when I masturbate, it's sometimes about other girls. I'm guilty about this also. I love this girl so much, and I want to be a better man for her. I've unfollowed a lot of good-looking girls on Instagrams, which is probably a good start. I mean, eh. uh, What can I do to get back on track? Oh, Johnny. Johnny Dublin, thank you so much for emailing. Um, okay, so... Uh Okay, here's the thing. I want to make you feel a little bit better here because I was teasing you like this, like you slipped and it's a, it's a plunge. But here's the thing. Don't be so hard on yourself. Six months is a long time to be away from your partner. A few kisses is not a huge deal, um, but you did make a commitment to each other. And I'm sure she's not thinking that you're kissing anyone else, which is why you feel so guilty and you have the the shame over in the morning. Um, so it's best to honor your commitment to her from here on out. And so I wouldn't beat yourself up for that. I think like, like I said, six months is a long time, but alcohol doesn't seem to totally be working with you either. If you're doing it when you're drunk, you know, I think a lot of the decisions that we all make, myself included, sex decisions I've made, if I've slept with people where I'm like, well, did I want to do that? Like in college and stuff, it's typically if I have one or too many, two drinks. So just take a look at that as well. Um, And here's the thing I want to say also about thinking about other people during sex Here's another reason why you're also going to love me, Johnny. That's not a really big deal. I think we all do that. It's totally okay and normal to think about other people when you masturbate. And so that's really nothing to feel guilty about because I think we all do it and I think we all feel shame about it. So I want everyone to get rid of that shame. I'm also going to tell you that you don't need to disclose that to your partner. Not every partner is going to be able to handle it. In fact, I'm cool with my boyfriend. I'm going to, I make assumptions. I assume that most people I'm with are probably thinking about someone else. Do I want to hear who it is? Do I want to know, hey, like, guess who I was thinking about last night during our awesome sex? I was thinking about that sexy bartender. I don't need all the details, but just understand that just because that's happening with your partner doesn't mean that they're not into you and they don't want to be with you. So I wouldn't trip on that, Johnny. And I'm also going to give you a tip here to up your Skype game. So if you're Skyping every week, at least once a week, you can also do Skype sex, FaceTime sex. And here's the thing about long distance relationships is I think that you can actually plan 
a Skype date or a FaceTime date where you're actually sitting there and maybe you guys have, have dinner and maybe you have a glass of wine, one drink for you, Johnny, and you guys can actually talk. You can actually enhance intimacy if you're not just kind of talking about the day and you're doing it, oh, we got to talk because we're long distance. I think that quality is better than quantity here, especially if you just kind of feel like we have to check in every day if you're in a long distance thing. If you guys are Skyping and you're looking at each other's eyes and you're having a date, you can actually have some conversations here. I think it'd be great for you guys to start talking about, you know, your sex life and some things that you're excited to do when you see each other. So that intimacy is still there, that that sexual intimacy. And I think there's nothing wrong with mutual masturbation over Skype as well. Because I think what happens a lot in long distance relationships is people just feel like, how do we keep that chemistry going? We're not with each other. So I think if you make it a a date and you actually are taking time aside, make sure no one's home and you're, you're communicating about things. Maybe you're asking, you know, doing the sexual bucket list, which I love telling people to like exchange ideas or you're actually having some great conversations about sex. You can even talk about some fantasies you have, not about the girls that you're masturbating to. Johnny, again, you don't have to share that, but just some of the things you want to try together might mean that you guys are more primed and ready and excited when you see each other in, uh, in a few months. So that's what I got to say to you, Johnny. Thank you for emailing and um, keep us posted how it goes. But don't beat yourself up for this. Just um, keep moving and be a better partner to her by connecting intimately. I agree. That's good advice. Thanks. Thanks, okay. J-Dog. Okay. All right. uh, next email. Yes. So this is Michelle from San Francisco who actually sent this in from Instagram. That's always an option, you guys. Follow us on Instagram at Sex with Emily. Mm-hmm. And just keep it brief. Be, be, <laughs> keep it brief and also be patient. Anyway. Yeah, be the patient on the Instagram. It is easier to do it through the website. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Or the text. Mm-hmm. But I understand sometimes you just got to friggin' send that message. Exactly. We will so, read it. Okay. Michelle says, hi, Emily. I love your podcast. I recently discovered it and am obsessed. Question for you. I've heard that having sex can affect your athletic performance because of its effects on testosterone levels. Is this true? Does sex affect your performance in a negative way? Thanks. Okay. Hey, Michelle. So most things that having to do with sex and exercise is pretty positive because the truth is the more healthy we are, the more in our bodies we are, the more, you know, the more we exercise, we're going to have better sex. I mean, exercise, sleep and diet. I mean, just do wonders for just about everything in our life. And um, I know there's there's this whole you know, notion that abstaining from sexual activity before a big competition, a big athletic competition, is kind of a controversial topic. I know we often hear like, oh God, baseball players shouldn't come the night before. And um, there really isn't a, not a lot of scientific evidence to indicate that any sexual activity is going to have a negative impact on your performance. As far as testosterone and hormones in women, this is also really tricky to kind of get conclusive data. We went a little deeper. I did some research for you, and um, it really has such a negligible effect on your performance, testosterone, and so if you have sex. So I really think that, especially for women, and I assume you're asking for women, the more orgasms, the better. Orgasm is such a release for women that we can have so many orgasms a day, and it's actually really healthy. It calms us. It helps with serotonin, healthy skin, sleep better. So I think that if you're having a lot of sex and you're up all night and you're exhausted, that's going to affect your performance more than just having sex the night before or having sex the day of a uh, big athletic event. So thanks for that question, Michelle. All right. All right. This next one is from Stephanie, 21 in Oregon. And she says, hi, Emily. The other day I saw a post on Twitter about how nobody over the age of 16 should be getting fingered. 
Oh my God. Unfollow those people. Yes. Okay. Do not follow them. Um, I looked it up and it seems that many people share the sentiment that fingering is a juvenile activity. I feel ashamed after reading this because fingering is my absolute favorite part of foreplay. Me too, by the way. Hashtag. Uh, no. <laughs> not hashtag, in a but good still, way. in a good way. Did you say, okay, because sorry. of the G-spot <laughs> stimulation. Um, is fingering just for high schoolers and why is there a misconception in the first place? I think that this misconception was made from a dude who's like, let's just skip on to sex or let's just move on to the actual intercourse. That's what I think. You're like, I'm not going to mess around with fingers. No, I'm so glad you asked Stephanie because if anyone's walking around thinking, oh, I can't finger anymore. That's just for high school kids. Um, you're wrong. It's just like, it's just like, what was the other thing that people, oh, hand jobs. People think, oh, once you graduate from a hand job to a blow job, I don't think that anything becomes obsolete after a certain age, except for maybe faking orgasms, but you just probably did that because you didn't know any better. It's not a high school thing. It's a huge part of foreplay. I mean, there's a lot of women, that's how they get off. That's how they have orgasms. And it just feels really, really good. So I don't know where you, you read this on Twitter. So um, I think it's a rumor. And um, I think you got to ask for it, keep doing it. And we did not, we looked for this, Jane. We didn't find any other research to support this, but this person that you follow on Twitter. I know, I literally- We didn't even I, find I, that person on Twitter. I really wanted to find this article because I really wanted to just- be so angry about it <laughs> and I just, angry. I just kept finding articles about how to finger better because maybe that's the other thing too is that they didn't get fingered well or right. they don't know how to finger vice versa but it's and it, maybe it's the word I, it's just foreplay it's just it's whatever just foreplay. it's just Do what sexual works for acts you. like you know right I'm, I'm with you on this it's my favorite part too we shun what we don't understand so fingering is not for, I think oftentimes we're just confused by it so fingering is not just for high schooler Stephanie it's for you and for everyone listening we should all get fingered more. Okay. I don't think I get fingered enough. I'm going to make that request. It's been a while. <laughs> I'm going to submit that request. <laughs> submit that request. Um, I mean, I have historically. I just kind of miss it. Just, I'm getting inspired by all of you. I really do. If anything, just email so I can read it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Another favorite topic. Yes. Okay. So this one is from Vaughn, 29 in Virginia. And he says, Hey, Emily, I've been with my girlfriend for over five years and we live together. And when it's that time of the month for my girlfriend, for some reason, we seem the horniest. My question is, is it safe for us to have sex when it's that time of the month? Or can we work around it? Thanks so much for answering my question. We love listening to the show. Oh, I love it. You guys realize that a lot of couples listen to the show together. So if you're sitting here going, God, I wish my partner would listen. I don't see why not. Maybe you know it's summertime when you're in the car on a road trip while you're making dinner. I think it can be great because a lot of couples find the show to be kind of an inspiration. Like, well, hopefully insp- inspiration, but it's kind of like you could say, well, Emily says this. Maybe we should try anal this summer or whatever it is that inspires you. I'm so glad you guys are listening. Vaughn, here's the thing. It's really common for women to be turned on during that time of month. Some women, it's really for PMS right before they get, they start to bleed. They actually are really turned on. And women, some women, it's like during. So you can definitely have great sex during her period. So there's nothing to, you said, is it safe? It's completely safe for you guys to have sex. Now, if you're talking about safety in regards to getting her pregnant, it is still possible to get pregnant on her period. So you can use condoms if she's not on birth control pills. So that's what I would say in regards to safety and if you're worried about mess i think this is a great time for a little sex in the shower it's also summer or you can put a towel down so also ways to work around it because i feel like there's sometimes a month where some months i really am you know i want more sex and some months i don't so i'm a huge fan of mutual masturbation where you guys can kind of touch each other without touch yourselves without touching each other but you know i love it because it's really hot because you both get off and you get to kind of observe what the other one's doing and learn from that. And you can, you know, I think it's a great time to make out. It's a great time to 
give each other massages. So if you're both enjoying it, just keep checking in with each other. Again, you can't assume that every month she's going to be like super turned on for it. But so far, so good. Don't be, you know, I think that I'm, I'm glad you asked because it's totally healthy, but you get to decide on a case by case basis or month by month basis. Thanks, Vaughn. And thanks for listening. Okay, so this is the last email that we have today. It's from Nate36 in Ohio. He says, Hi, Emily. My wife and I are considering adding more people to our routine. We do both have herpes, but she and I are careful and either abstain from sex or find other means to orgasm if we are infected. Should we seek company as long as we are upfront about it and not knowingly infected at the time? Also, are there any free threesome apps out there with messaging options? Thanks in advance. Thanks, Nate. This is a really good question because, first of all, I love that you're both so open and honest about it. And um, while it might be a you know hard road to find someone, if you're upfront about it, you take proper um, proper precautions. You guys are taking a daily suppressive and using condoms. You know, I think that you're again you're being upfront, and you can find people that are on board with you. Just discuss all the rules and boundaries or risks, just in case people don't really understand. I don't think there's a ton of knowledge out there, or people are really freaked out by it. You know, as they should be. I mean, you people should not just lightly go into any situation where you you know could get herpes. But if you again, if you're taking a suppressive, using condoms, that should be okay. As far as apps. You can use Field, F-E-E-L-D, to find a third. And there is a messaging option on there. And also Tinder works for finding a third as well. And I think even Bumble might too. I feel like it's not set up that way, but I feel like there's a feature on Bumble. But I feel like there's like a um, there's a workaround on all these apps, probably if you want to find it. People are very innovative when it comes to finding a third. But those are the two that we found um, Field I know about. And then also Positive Singles is a dating app for people that are STD positive. So it might be easier just to find someone in a similar situation, which I love that there are apps for people who are STD positive. And also, again, Nate, I love that you guys are so open with each other. And who knows, you might find a third who also has an STD. That would be ideal. (laughs) Okay, Nate, I'm glad you guys are being safe and honest. And thank you for emailing. All right, that's all we got time for today. That was fun. Thank you, Jamie. Of course. That was a good show. Thank you, Kim and Nami. I really enjoyed her. Check her out. And thank you, everybody, for listening and for checking out the show and for emailing and supporting us. We love it. I love you all. Thanks to Ken, our volunteer, Sarah, producer, Jamie, and Michael. Was it good for you? Email me, feedback at sexwithemily.com. I love when I run into listeners of the podcast in the real world. You always ask such great sex questions. And you also ask me, is the womanizer really that good? Or tell me more about the womanizer, which doesn't surprise me because it's still the top search term on sexwithemily.com. The good news is I could talk about the womanizer all day. I call it the clip whisper because it seems to know exactly what I want. I didn't think they could top the womanizer to go, the one that's shaped like a lipstick. But guess what? They did. The latest womanizer is called the Starlet. It's got all the power of the original, but it's super tiny. It literally fits in the palm of your hand. The womanizer uses patented pleasure air technology to indirectly stimulate your clitoris with gentle suction and air pressure. It's so effective. Some women have an orgasm in 60 seconds. If you haven't tried a womanizer, now is the time. There are a bunch of different models, but trust me, all of them are the sure thing. To order your Womanizer Starlet, click on the Womanizer banner on my site or find it at goodvibes.com slash Emily.